0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW group we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Canadian Western Bank and two employee representative groups, Noble and Health 360, Share, a podcast, Black Mental Health Day. Our stories featuring Moran Aki, Christopher, Mummy, Jose, and Martine.
2: You know we've got to find a way to bring some love into
1: oh. Mental health is something that you should never be ashamed of even though your closest friends are going to be the ones who make you feel strange, right? If you were to tell your friend that you have a mental health issue, you run the risk that they may never speak to you again or you'll get less calls. That's a fact.
2: Talk to me so you can see. What's going on? Lose control of my emotions and let it out instead of like keeping it inside, and um, maybe as time goes on, like look for opportunities to um, educate whoever it is that I was speaking to, who asked me that question. In in. In in a non confrontational way, because you could be right, but maybe the approach that you use could make it look like you are in the wrong. So, yeah, that's what I would say. Talk to me so you can see oh, what's going on. Yeah.
3: So, uh, it's been a great place. Uh, uh, we have to say that CWB is a great place to work, very diverse. Uh, uh, Place And I think uh, uh, we want to thank the organization itself for giving us the opportunity to have this platform, uh, to continue to have conversation around race, mental health, diversity and the like. So uh, thanks a lot.
0: Talk to me so you can see what's going on. To the individual experiencing it, and that can be impacted by um, experiences cultural impacts, uh, like Mammy was talking about microaggressions that you're experiencing and having to reach out to your contacts to kind of de-escalate, determine how you want to deal with that. Um, so I, I think for me, mental health is has a lot of intersectionalities and we need to acknowledge that and be aware of that when we're discussing mental health with any individual That how they experience it and cope with it and access support around getting back to mental well-being is different for everyone. Welcome and thank you for joining
4: us. The year 2020 taught us a lot of things, how to be more kind, more tolerant, more accepting of each other. Our podcast to you today is to um, celebrate, to recognize Black Mental Health Day, a day that that helps to uh, promote and raise awareness about the adverse effects anti-Black racism has on the physical and mental health of Black communities. This day was launched in 2020 and it's celebrated on the first Monday of every year. So this year, 2022 would have been recognized on March the 1st. Thank you to CWB Health 360, the ERG that we are collaborating on this this event with. Um, And thank you for working on this podcast with us. I remember Jessica approaching me and introducing the possibility of this podcast. And today we are here to have that conversation. I have four wonderful panelists joining me today. Chris Nelson, Mami Tando, Jose Juez-Gabriel, and Martinez Woodward. I'm going to be asking you a few questions, and today just join us with an open mind and open heart. You will learn some things will puzzle you, some things will intrigue you, and some things will, ask, will cause you to want to have some change. Talk to me so you can see.
2: What's
1: going on? Thanks for having me. Um, I'm Christopher Nelson, member of the project management team um, now on the client services. I'm a senior project manager. Um, been at CWB for a very short time, uh, but truly loving it and um, hoping that by being part of this session and other sessions, I'm able to um, move the conversation along mental health is something that you should never be ashamed of even though your closest friends are, are going to be the ones who make you feel strange right it if you were to tell your friend that you have a mental health issue you run the risk that they may never speak to you again or you'll get less calls that's a fact um what we have learned is that, you know what? At the end of the day, a true friend is gonna show themselves. So we go and we engage therapists and we engage schools and we engage everyone that we can use to give us the advice that we need to make the right choices and the right decisions.
4: Um, but Chris, I, I you, know, you and I touched base yesterday and had a really good conversation. I know you have a little boy a bright little boy who's 10 years old and just navigating in his own world the way he knows best how to. So I want to, you know, kind of give you some minutes here to introduce your son to us and tell us who he is, how he's navigating the world and how you're helping as his parent to 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 um, as he grows older in his space.
1: My son is currently 10 years old. Um, My wife and I were people of color. He's one of four children um, but the only one that falls on the autism spectrum. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, autism is a developmental disorder and is usually the result of neurological illness that affects the areas which control communication and their ability to interact socially. Uh, there is no one fits all methodology, so everyone has a different interpretation, not only doctors but grandmas, grandpas, aunties, best friends, everyone has an opinion. Um, you can normally tell if the child is autistic in the way that they behave, You know, are they self-absorbed? Do they have their own sense of humor? Um, from an African American or black standpoint, the issue has been, he is already at his young age, facing what us as adults face, which is a different standard, which means we are asked, well, how did you speak so well? Whereas in his world, if, and I'm speaking about true life, real life situations, if a white child slaps another child, it's considered a knock or a punch. He punched another child at school. The report that comes home with our child is he attacked another child. It's terms like attacked. Um, It got to the point that, you know, in recent months, we actually had to report the school to the superintendent, the district superintendent, and the person that deals with racial affairs because he literally was being, um, he would come home with his wrist cut because he was so scared of going to school that he would run out of the school, knowing that he's going through a glass pane and run through the glass doors and break the door to get out. Um, Completely in fear of the school from one particular teacher. And the superintendent got involved the same day. Uh, We had a whole group of people because we were in fear that were we going to make it worse? Not any different than being in a workplace. If you stand up for your rights, is it going to be worse? But we took the approach to stand up. Um, things got better. Um, coincidentally, last week, Friday, we found out that his teacher is no longer there. Um, because he came home and said that they sat on him. He's 62 pounds and two teachers sat on top of him to control him when he was, you know, enraged. And was he lying? Was the principal lying that, oh, this is something he wanted? It it was all really bizarre. But my point to you is that young black males are nearly three times as likely to be killed by police than their white counterparts. And those with autism are seven times more likely to encounter police than neurotypical individuals. Source? Forbes.com, Black Autistic Lives Matter.
4: Those words blacklisting people, those are words that do not, they don't build people up, they tear people down. So as we move forward, but another A word, advocacy is huge. We need that advocacy, allyship. It's just coincidental that they all start with an A, but we just do need this push forward for the change to happen. And only by having these conversations conversations where we bring to light the fact that change has to happen so you know for example for myself I was in a call with my 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 kids school yesterday and some lady came on and she said you know all lives matter and we shouldn't focus on and I was a bit embarrassed to hear we shouldn't focus on black lives because the the media is pushing it we shouldn't focus on indigenous lives because the media is pushing it these are relevant stories for today that need to be pushed they need to be you know publicize for people like her to learn, because God forbid, your son comes across a lady like that, how is she going to react to him? And just the fact that he's special, you know, it breaks my heart to hear about him walking through glass doors. He's supposed to be breaking through glass ceilings, moving up in life and not walking through a glass door, you know, hurting himself in an attempt to be safe. He's walking towards safety, but he's walking through a glass door. You know, those two things do not go together. And it's really heartbreaking to hear that. But on a positive note, I'm glad to hear that you are finding the resources to help him out and help him be the person he's the special person he's supposed to be. You know, I'm just going to. Pause right there and just ask you, Chris, as as his father or as and even his mom, how do you how do you fill your so what do you do to help yourself with your mental space?
1: And the first thing that we've learned to do Um, As a family is breathe. and When I say breathe. We go walking every morning with our dog. My wife and I, we we have that alone time of 20 minutes where we talk and we hold hands and we speak about what's breaking us as parents and we do that again in the evenings and then we've learned to follow the work of the best psychiatrist, the best therapist, giving him the best. We never guess about what we're trying to do, you know, try and get the help as early as possible. Um, Yeah, it's been something that we face on a daily basis. I think in most cases, it's not intentional. Some of my closest friends are the ones who are most offensive. And they're still my closest friends, um, you know, coming from the islands, you know, the first thing that said is, how do you speak so well? Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, terms like boyaka or, you know, it, it's interpreted that, you know, you must have smoked ganja somewhere along the line, you know, even mm-hmm. though. I've never smoked any kind of weed. These are um the type of things that are associated with it um you know in the beginning yes i would go into a kind of self-defense and speak about my family history oxford university things of that nature Um, but then i realized it doesn't change the conversation with them Um, you can only try and do it one person at a time and build with your allies and you know Hopefully, eventually they find that it's um, offensive, but it's done in little ways. Um, We call it microaggression, uh, where you have to be extremely careful because you could say something um, that literally affects your career. Um, And you don't have, when you are being judged by uh, leaders, superiors who are from the same Ethnic background, who don't understand the context that you can view it in or how it's interpreted, um, you know you are you can be the one whose career is affected by it. So you the system and getting into positions of leadership, can we actually make the change rather than complaining about it? So we will do the work to be able to make the change um and help others like my son who hopefully won't have it as difficult as us in
4: the future to be able to make the change and that's what we're doing right now i know this conversation for me i came in here filled with nerves um because when we touch on these topics sometimes we wonder about the receptivity of them and you know we will do the work To be able to make the change and just touching on that you know your work around researching and where the best places for your son to 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 be helped and to be set up for success really and you're being willing to make that move across the country to help him out is just phenomenal and i think of you know the words you use at the start of the conversation i don't know as a parent how i would be able to you know with these words about black kids attacking being aggressive you know those words blacklisting people those are words that do not they don't build people up they tear people down so as we move forward another a word advocacy is huge we need that advocacy allyship it's just coincidental that they all start with an a but we just do need this push forward for the change to happen and only by having these conversations conversations will we bring to light the fact that change has to happen
2: christopher and his
1: wife tasha wrote a book the Prince of Pickering, Understanding and Managing Autism. Available on Amazon.
2: Thank you, Moranike. My name is Mame Tando, as Moranike stated. Um, I'm a loan monitoring specialist and I'm based in Calgary and I've been with
4: the bank for almost eight years. So I know you know we've talked about this topic several times and I can relate. I've had people ask me the same question, but I just want to focus on your day-to-day interactions with people, Mami, and some questions that are a bit odd that might come your way, um, and how you react to those questions or what, how you respond to those questions. And one such question that comes to mind is one around where you live. So have you ever had someone come up to you or ask you, just, or even just in a conversation, inquire about where you live, and then kind of how the conversation transpires from there? Sure. Um, I've had a few of those conversations,
2: and um, I think the main purpose was the main purpose for that question was to get to know me. But um, unfortunately, it it turned into something else, which um, I, I don't think that the person in t- had that intention. But um, that is how I looked at it. Um. For me, as a black person, when I'm talking to somebody who is black or non-black, when I ask them where they live, um, whether it's a very nice neighborhood or it's like a regular neighborhood, I would just make comments like, oh, I see. Do you like living over there? Those are some of the things that I would say. But um, unfortunately, on a few occasions, I've had people ask me, where do you live? And I'm telling them. The location that I live, they um, follow up with a question like, oh, really? Like, what kind of job does your husband do, right? Meaning that um, maybe I cannot afford to live in that community or people who look like me should live in maybe poorer communities or communities that are not so desirable. And... um, it, it's not it's not fun to hear that because um, you you don't know much about people you don't know their financial capabilities and um, going ahead to ask them like what kind of job does your husband do makes it makes you feel like why is it that I'm not good enough to live in that community or is this community ex- exclusively for these Kinds of people, right? So, yeah, I, I would say that um, I've had that a few times, but um, it, it didn't make me feel very good. But in in the heat of the moment, I I don't think that that is the right time to try and educate the person. So most of the time, I just change the subject or maybe I walk away so that I don't say anything that would damage the
4: relationship. Well said, mommy. And I I think of a a couple of things you mentioned there, like am I not good enough just based on where I live, even though where I live is supposed to be a good neighborhood, but all of a sudden you're questioning yourself as to whether or not you are good enough to live there. And, you know, even someone asking you, what kind of job does your husband do? I think, why can't mommy be the breadwinner who actually brings the money in and she can afford to, you know, have her family live in a desirable neighborhood and, you know, and then secondly, what does he do? So are you then being judged by what he does, the level of, you know, where he's at in his workspace? So I can appreciate how that over time could, can even wear you down. And, you know, I, I wonder how do you, on days like that, there's days when you can handle it and you give a response. But on the days when you kind of feel a bit tired and worn down, how do you handle those conversations? How do you, do you pivot to another topic? Do you respond in that moment? I know you kind of have a, a peaceful approach to the process. And I appreciate that. But on the days when you're truly just kind of done with it, what do you do?
2: Um, usually my husband is my sounding board, so um, I, I would call him and um, let him know how I feel about what has happened because just as I said earlier on, I don't think in the heat of the moment it's very good for me to respond because I might say something that I might regret later on. So I just let it go for the for the moment. And um, I, I speak to him and express my frustrations or whatever emotion that I'm feeling. And he, he usually calms me down. And um, also I call um, friends of mine who um, I think that would understand where I'm coming from because they also go through similar situations or even worse situations. So um, they kind of help me to um, like not um, lose control of my emotions and let it out instead of like keeping it inside. And um, maybe as time goes on like look for opportunities to um, educate whoever it is that I was speaking to who asked me that question in in, in 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 a non-confrontational way because you could be right but maybe the approach that you use could make it look like you are in the wrong so yeah that's what I would
4: say that's awesome thanks for sharing that and I I like your phrase or or your 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 plans and your, um, how you support yourself, how you surround yourself with a strong net group, a strong support group, uh, people who can hold you up on those days when you can't stand and, you know, where you you have a safe space to have these conversations and truly be heard and known that, and know that people understand where you're coming from. So thanks for sharing.
3: That. You know we've got to find a way to bring, a- way
0: to bring some love in
3: here today. Here today. Yeah, uh, my name is Jose uh, West Cabrera, I am with the Enterprise Architecture team. I've uh, been with CWB for about five years now, I believe. Yeah, So uh, it's been a great place. Uh, uh, we have to say that CWB is a great place to work, very diverse uh, uh, place. And I think uh, 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 we want to thank the organization itself for giving us the opportunity to have this platform. Uh, to continue to have conversation around race, mental health, diversity, and the like. So uh, thanks a lot.
4: Thank you. And I just love to hear, you know, when we talk about how long we've been here, yourself, five years, mommy, 10 years. And, you know, our first, when I look back to when Noble started, 2020, yourself and Mami were one of our first guests or first uh, members to join Noble and now fast forwarding two years into it I just love to see how much we've grown Um, I don't know that we've met each other face to face but we have that rapport where we can reach out to each other and support each other so thanks for agreeing to be part of the podcast today the question I have for you and I know you're very passionate about your career and the the work that you do but have you ever come across uh, you know a situation where How do you handle yourself in the workplace as a black individual who's trying to rise up in the organization and, you know, make their presence known and be
3: successful? Well, I mean, first and foremost, uh, we have to recognize that mental health is not a a black people issue. I think it's a universal issue. Uh, It affects everybody. It affects the native Canadian. It affects all the other immigrants. Uh, But us as Black people, our issues uh, am, are amplified because of the circumstances of race and the history of race in, in this society. Uh, and so, from my perspective, I take it as a universal thing, but we have to recognize that it is real and it affects us differently. For instance, a lot of people, uh, when they immigrate to Canada, uh, they go through a lot of challenges and difficulties. Some people get a a one way uh visa or people get a work permit which is attached to an employer and so when they get here uh the employers normally some of them would confiscate your passport <clears throat> and that that limits you in other words you are now owned by these people even though we say that racism uh, uh no longer exists but these are practices of almost slavery and so we have to deal with these sort of things uh, because uh, the idea of the employer can make you or break you is something that is embedded into uh, uh, some uh, employers. Uh, they try to practice and, and show you that you are their property. So this sort of attitude and practices kind of rub off, and. Uh, some other people that would come into organizations like C W B comes with this type of mentality. Uh, it is not expressed the same way. They can confiscate your passport, but I think they have power over you. They own you. You you have to work because uh, they are your manager, and you gotta actually uh, do things the way they they think you're supposed to do. So as a as a black person, I don't normally take take it that way. I see myself as a universal citizen. Uh, or, or global citizen, whatever you want to call it. But I, I don't put myself into a box where I'm waiting for somebody to come and rescue me uh, uh, because someone is actually uh, trying to to uh, enforce their way of thinking or their perspective of how I should be over me. Uh, people expect you to be black and act black. Uh, and so uh, I do not put myself into those type of category. So uh, from my perspective, I think it's it's very important that we continue to educate ourselves and not victimize ourselves and be able to stand up for ourselves. Uh we we are grateful for CWB to have this sort of forums where we can express these things. But people need to understand that it's real. Uh it's it's real, it's a global phenomenon, but it affects certain people more than others uh because of our circumstances. So I, I want uh, uh, to actually say to those that are listening to us that, uh, yes, it is real, but please understand that it affects certain people more uh, because of how the society structures some of the things that go beyond what we can see. And, and sometimes we we kind of uh, uh, do things without knowing because it's common thing that we've been doing. We see our parents doing. We see our previous managers or bosses doing. And so we continue to do them and because the black history here in America has its own uh, uh, challenges in in the beginning. People couldn't speak. And as we speak and we continue to speak, uh, our voices is being heard more and more. So uh, we should we should continue to talk. We should continue to uh, express ourselves. And we're grateful that there are people here in CWB that are listening and are actually making changes
4: that's amazing and that just goes to speak to the power of allyship and just having advocates you know in different spaces you know i never thought about the barriers that people face who come as international students or workers and having i can't imagine having a passport seat and you feel like you're at the mercy of someone in order to make progress in your career so thanks for sharing that perspective jose and just to you know pause on our that, that thought process and the reality of importance of having a a healthy mental health space to be able to come to work as your full self and be productive sometimes we underestimate because we're looked at as like you know the strong black woman who shows up at work but sometimes she's not strong and she needs help Um, and just pausing to recognize that and taking a day to recharge or whatever it is that we need is truly important Um, so thank you jose uh, I look at you as someone that, you know, I look up to you in your career and what you've done with the bank. And I'm sure there are other people that are up and coming that are just starting. And, you know, if you had any kind of piece of advice for someone who's a new graduate, just joining the the workforce at uh, the corporation, like, do you have any bits of advice or words of wisdom that you would pass on to them to help them um, kind of start the journey right or be prepared for the journey ahead?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, this is a very interesting question that we can answer in many different ways. I think uh, the circumstances we are in, uh, we are within a CWB uh, work setting, but the issue that we're trying to address here is beyond CWB. And so when you look at a a young black employee or or young black graduate, uh, which is the focus of uh, the topic, I think we have to look at it from a bigger context. Uh, The issue we're talking about here uh, has to do a lot with dependency, okay? So because you depend on the other people, they have the power to exercise authority and do things over you that actually stress you. So as young black uh, graduates coming in, I would say uh, that we have to think differently. Uh, A lot of people kind of tell us uh, you can do anything you want to do, be anything you want to be. Uh, but there is a, another side to this, okay? Uh, Sean Rochester has a book called CPI for the Sword, where he actually talks about a passage of the Bible. he uh, goes, I'm not a priest, so it goes something around the, the parable of the seed, something like that. And it says that a farmer goes planting and then he plants seeds. Some actually found fertile soil, others in rocks, uh, uh, and others in a different environment. So the very same seed because it forms fertile soil, it's able to grow and produce uh, and be fruitful. The other ones, on the other hand, don't make it at all. So your circumstances actually have a lot to do with who you are and who you become. So a lot of black uh, young people come here uh, and especially the young guys, You, if you have a chance, because for the older people, some of them just come here with a career already, and they have to switch jobs and do something they weren't supposed to do or are not trained to do, but they have to survive. So they do that, but their skill set is nowhere near what they could be doing, right? Uh, if you listen to Steve Harvey, he's got a very good advice about, about uh, your skills and your abilities and your gift. And he goes and says that your gift is the thing you do the absolute best with the least amount of effort. So as young black people, Uh, uh, graduate, you have to look at yourself from that perspective, because that kind of gives you the opportunity to be an entrepreneur and also create a working environment where you not only have to be the employee, but you could also be the boss. Okay, so it's important that these young folk think like that as well. Okay, when we create uh, 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 companies and businesses, Uh, And we support those black communities, black businesses. It's beneficial for the entire community, the entire Canadian economy. So I would say to those young folks that, yes, it's good to go work, but you also have to think differently. So you will not always put yourself in a position like your father did. Right. Uh, Look at your skill set, look at your gift and be able to create and produce and contribute to the economy in a very different way. Uh, that would be my advice to those young folks.
4: Very sound advice, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people are taking notes and, and you know, going to move forward with those tips that you provided because we look back and we're like, oh, I wish I had known, right? Or I wish I had someone at that point that I could look up to when I was starting off my career. So thanks for sharing, Jose. Mami, if you can ask you a similar question just to around. So Jose, we focused on... to encourage younger people in building their careers so that's kind of more serious stuff but how about if you just these young people are just having these conversations you know casual water cooler conversation and this topic comes up of where do you live and they're you know they're taken by surprise do you have any kind of guidance that they or words that they can use or you know ways that they can handle these situations better
2: Yes, um, thank you, Marenike. I think um, Jose has spoken a lot about it, so I will just add a bit more to it. Um, I I think that, um, first of all, you have to know who you are, because if you don't know who you are, the wind will blow you anywhere right? If, if I can put it that way, like today, somebody will tell you, you are this, and then you start wondering, oh, am I this? And then tomorrow, tomorrow somebody will say something different. So it's very important to know who you actually are. And um like, take advantage of the um, giftings, the talents and the abilities that you have been given, because we all come into this world with various gifts and talents. We all can do the same thing. So whatever you do, be great at it, because when you're very good at what you do, um, you have a lot of confidence. And um, even when somebody is telling you something that is um, contrary to what you know, you are able to stand up confidently and say that, no, this is not who I am. So um, you need to know who you are. And I think that they should also have the right mindset, right? So there's um, a saying in the Bible that says that um, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, right? So if you don't see yourself as worthy or as being good enough, then um, people will take advantage of you and they will tell you, who you are and what kind of mold that you should fit in. So um, be confident in yourself, know who you are and always do your best no matter what, because um, you've been given um, a lot of opportunity because some people might not have the same opportunity you have yet they are making the best out of it. So um, being in this country, it is, is a great opportunity. So take advantage, learn as much as you can, because knowledge is power. Because um, I don't think if a black person has the cure for um cancer, people will say that, no, I'm not going to go to this person because he or she is black. They would go. Right. So. Um, Learn as much as you can. Don't waste your time on unnecessary things. Have fun. Yes, I get that. But learn as much as you can and be the best that you can at all times.
3: Be the best that you can at all times.
4: That's Thank very you. interesting.
3: Just... <laughs> it sounds like a Dr. King's uh, 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 speech about uh, what is a new life blueprint. I'm Health 360 here.
4: As we look into the future,
3: we've had conversations about, you know, how to approach people, how to
4: respond to these kinds of situations um, and just making sure that we do like Mami and Jose have talked about having the right mindset. It's so impactful in maintaining, helping us maintain that healthy mental st- mental health space for ourselves as we come to work on a daily basis. So do you, would you have any thoughts on or any comments for us, uh, Martine, from that perspective?
0: Hmm. Yes, and already, just thank you to everyone on this on this podcast for putting yourself out there and and sharing sharing your thoughts and experiences with us. And I think that stems into mental health in general that it is unique to the individual experiencing it, and that can be impacted by um, experiences, cultural impacts, uh, like Mammy was talking about microaggressions that you're experiencing and having to reach out to your contacts to kind of. Deescalate. determine how you want to deal with that. Um, so I, I think for me, mental health is has a lot of intersectionalities and we need to acknowledge that and be aware of that when we're discussing mental health with any individual that how they experience it and cope with it and access support around getting back to mental well-being is different for everyone. And I think Jose said something about just coming from a point of understanding and with an open mind and, and not holding yourself as a victim. Like, we're here to, to support and empower and engage, and any way we can do that is great. And I think just even by talking about it like we're doing now has given people perspective that they normally wouldn't have access to, and I hope they incorporate it into their understanding and do their own work to make sure that we're not further contributing to anybody's negative mental health in the future, however we can.
4: Awesome. Thank you to our panelists and to Martine for kind of summarizing and concluding our podcast for us today. We hope everyone's found value and taken away something from it. I know I have. Um, even being a black individual, I do learn on a daily basis as to how to push forward and continue to impact change and make it a make make every space we go into a healthy one for everyone regardless of their race. So thank you. One, two, three, one.